Going Down to South Park is proudly brought to you by the Four Finger Discount Network. little brother back. The visitors, this morning you took my brother, Ike. He's the little freckled kid that looks like a football. At first, I was happy you took him away, but I've learned something today. That having a little brother is a pretty special thing. Yeah. Ah, heck, Mr. Visitors, I'm just a kid all alone in this crazy world, but if you could find it in your hearts or whatever you have to give my brother back to me, sure would make my life brighter again. That was beautiful, dude. Did it work? Nope, they're leaving. Hey, you squatty ass sh- Welcome to Going Down to South Park, the podcast where we have ourselves a time. I am Dando. I am Guy. Pleasure to be here talking about one of my... Oh, yeah. It's one of my favourite shows. i got to say. It's so... <laughs> fuck, man. Honestly, I hadn't revisited the show for so long. And watching that first episode, Cut Me As An Anaprobe Again, like that, this thing was like a, a Bible for me. I, I watched it every single day. I used to have the VHS tape. It was like South Park Series 1, Volume 1. And it had this and the episode Volcano on it as well. <laughs> and fuck, I just watched it. I, used to, I think I got it from like Sanity. And mum had no idea what she was buying me at the time. It was an animation, animated show. And then she eventually found out. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I, um, and I wasn't allowed to watch it anymore. But I remember like getting this tape and like being the cool kid because none of my friends had the tape. So like I'd like... <laughs> Share it. Like friends would come over, and I'd be like, "Check out this new South Park show," and I'd watch it. Like, and they'd go home, like tell their friends about. And like all these friends would come to my house just to watch this South Park tape that I had. But um, yeah, I just go back and watching it. Fuck, I laugh, man. What I love about South Park is it allows you to laugh at things that you would normally be embarrassed to laugh about, like mm. fart jokes and things like that. Because everyone was in on it. Everyone felt okay to laugh at it when you're watching South Park and it's just like oh yeah you find fart jokes funny too it's okay to laugh at that stuff but it's immature it's corny not necessarily corny but it's just crude yeah. but god it's funny oh god look for my I agree with you 100% Dana for mine look it's a really wonderful combination of lowest common denominator kind of humour like you said mm. A lot of fart jokes, a lot of uh, a lot of bodily functions going on, yeah, a lot of bad behaviour, all that kind of business. But it's got both an underlying intelligence and an underlying yes. sweetness as well. There's a certain sort of moral centre to it, even in later seasons when things get really dark and twisted and nasty. There's still an understanding that the world's essentially a pretty decent place even you know if bad shit happens on occasion and it's perpetrated by bad people it's a wonderful 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 show and uh, I'm so happy to be going to be talking about it on the regular for all the shit that goes down in this episode we have cows being turned inside out anal probes just you name it but at the, at the end of the day the, the main story is Kyle you know this crude kid that swears and calls his friend fat and all that He's just trying to help his brother. He is. He may dropkick his brother on occasion, but, uh, you know, it's his brother's own fault for being football-shaped. So, you know, <laughs> when it comes down to it, yes. Uh, Kyle is the kind of brother who will step to a posse of aliens and let loose a barrage of profanity, all bleeped out so he can't exactly make it out, but uh, we're assuming it's pretty terrible. Like I said, there's a real sweetness and soul to this show mm-hmm. that, that just works hand-in-hand hand with its uh, crude, rude humour. For mine, it only gets better as it goes along. I use the term, your mileage may vary a bit, and, you know, everyone's going to have their own favourite seasons, favourite characters, favourite whatnot, but it's off to a tremendous start. We're just off to the races with this. Uh, with season one, episode one, Cartman gets an anal probe. I mean, and just the time... <laughs> 
the, 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 the title alone of the first episode, it's kind of announcing, get on board. If you're not on board, you know, this is not the ride yeah. for you, kids. This is, this is not The Simpsons. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but it has, I don't know this is only the first episode, but it still had so many elements that were going to become mainstays in the show, like, oh my God, you kill Kenny. And just things like that where, you know, I'm not fat, I'm big boned. All these catchphrases, they're all in the first episode. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God, they killed Kenny. I mean, screw you guys, I'm getting ham. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what else? Yeah, a a whole bunch of them. As I said, I mean, they've still got the training wheels on to some some degree. I mean, Mm. the first time you hear Cartman this time around, it's like like hearing Dan Castellano, forgive me for mispronouncing your surname, Dan, uh, sort of finding uh, the right tone and intonation and all that kind of stuff for Homer. It's not quite there yet, but it's it's certainly in the neighborhood. It's in the ballpark. It's close enough, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But all yeah, there's all that all that uh, great stuff in there as well. You're right. It's um yeah, we're just off off to such a great start. <laughs> I just like I said, I just remember this being on that videotape where I had the two episodes on it, but before each episode on those tapes used to get this little segment called A Fireside Chat with Matt and Trey. Have you ever yeah. seen these? Oh, yeah. They are fucking... They are brilliant. They're amazing. I know. I've, I've <laughs> watching, I'm watching this episode to prep for this, yeah, I've watched the, the Fireside Chat with uh, with Matt and Trey as well. And, yeah. Little Scratch. <laughs> oh, old, old Scratch who turns into a different dog halfway through. <laughs> just, the, just the looks that Parker and Stone are giving one another. Just these sort of really simpering looks. I mean... Um, it's like they're clearly... They're taking the piss out of everybody from the beginning. Oh, absolutely. And look, I th- it's kind of common knowledge that South Park was pretty much designed as a bit of an up yours, a bit of a fuck you to a very a sort of... Yeah. To what in the 90s was a very sort of politically correct... To the point of overcorrect uh, kind Full of house. culture, yeah. So these guys just decided to uh, mercilessly take uh, take the piss out of anyone and everything. They were the anti heroes of pop culture. Yeah, yeah. Not take anything that seriously. So you couldn't really know yeah. it down. It says, "Oh, these guys are right wing, or these guys are left wing, or these guys are whatever." So no, they just they're just taking the they're noticing that the absurdity in everything. Yeah, I mean, being up, being this is this is like nineteen ninety seven, ninety eight. And those fireside chats, being so willing to just openly act so flamboyant and gaze at each mm. other and just and just not give a fuck about what anyone thinks about them. It's yeah. just amazing. I love it. Yeah. Ripping into it a whole a very sort of simpering kind of attitude and just, you know, mercilessly taking the piss out of it. I love that. Love it. I do, I do remember though being a ten year old kid and watching those fireside chats. So I bought this I got mum bought me this this South Park video. Like she didn't know what it was. She let me buy it. Or she paid for it and I just took it home putting this tape in and these two guys are on my screen and I'm like, I'm a little scared. I don't know who these guys are. <laughs> well, did I put the right video in? Mm. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. But I just remember being so confused. But I went back and rewatched it recently and I was like, my God, these guys are geniuses. But 10-year-old oh, yeah. Dando was just like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, I think I think they're very happy to sow a few seeds of confusion, uh, Trey and Matt. Yeah. Yeah, it was all all part of the plan, as the Joker says. So, <laughs> but um, the, the only little slight nitpick I'll have with this episode, and they've come out and admitted it themselves, Matt and Trey, was that I do think at times the swearing and the name calling got a little bit too much. It was just like it was in there for the sake of being in there. There wasn't really a need for it. It was just dildo, fat ass. It was just, and it was just like it's funny, 
But by the end of it, it's just like, ah, oh, it's kind of a little, you tone it down just a little bit. It's kind of like yeah. the, in the first few episodes of Rick and Morty, they have him burping all the time and mm. fuck, it was really annoying and they toned it down. It's okay to have angst with the, with the four boys to have them name calling and stuff. That's what the show is based around, the, all the animosity. But it was just, a, at times just it felt like, yeah, just, that's enough guys. You don't need all of this. I certainly get where you're coming from, yeah, and I do agree with you. As I've said, uh, said before, I mean, when you're a kid and they, these guys are what, third graders? Third graders, yeah. But I think, you know, when you're, what, seven or eight, you know, that's how old you are in grade three, isn't it? You are sort of um, taking swear words out, uh, out for a test drive. and you're, That's true. And, you know, you're seeing how they feel in your mouth and you're seeing what kind of reaction you get. You know, it's like, oh, oh wow, <laughs> he's swearing. <laughs> what, a, what a cool, what a cool dude. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll forgive them for using it a bit much. I think it's faithful to the childhood experience, or yeah, very. It's a very authentic sort of childhood point, representation. Yeah. As far as drama or comedy go, or, or comedy goes, yeah, you'd kind of go, yeah, it's a bit much. And I, I imagine that they realised that at an early stage, and like you said, reeled it back in a bit. What I appreciate so much about this was a lot of people look at South Park and they go, "Look how cheap and lame it looks." Right? Mm. Trey and Matt made this first episode by themselves with paper cutouts. Yeah. Like, that is incredible. Yeah. It took them three months to make the episode, but the fact that they made it themselves, that's why this show works so well, because their fingerprints are all over it. They're in complete control of this mm. show. They don't have to rely on someone else to do this this thing or whatever. I mean, they've obviously got animators now doing the show, but it's like they write it, they direct it. They literally yeah. made the first episode with their bare fucking hands. Yeah, like, it's yeah. just... It's so much respect in that regard. But what I love about it is people hang shit on the animation, but that's why it looks the way it did. And because people liked the way they the first episode looked, they were like, well, let's just computer generate to look like it was we're using paper cutouts all the time. Absolutely. And it I think it's great that Comedy Central gave Parker and Stone basically free reign. Said, you know, just make something for us, yeah. Yeah, do as you please, and you know, we'll see how it goes. And clearly, you look at the numbers or the rating numbers for this um, for the first season – this first episode attracted under a million viewers. Thirteen mm, episodes like later, that, yeah, yeah, it's like nine hundred eighty thousand or something. Thirteen yeah, yeah, episodes yeah. later, they're up to six point four million. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's crazy and it's wonderful. I, but it's, it's funny because I remember and that's the Cutman's Mom's a Dirty Slut Part One, the the finale of season one. I remember for me as a kid that being like the peak. I don't remember when I stopped watching South Park, but I just remember that being the biggest moment of mm. the South Park bonanza. The, the big reveal of who Cartman's father's going to be. Yeah. So it's no surprise that that's the, the highest rated episode because by the end of this season, it well, was just everywhere, man. It's like a who shot JR or who shot Mr. Burns. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're still, you're not watching it still or not really watching it on the regular or? Honestly, listeners, I haven't watched South Park new episodes for a long, long time, which is why I've been wanting an excuse and a reason to go back and revisit it and mm. watch the new ones as well. So, you know, what better reason than doing a podcast? But yeah, going back and revisiting these earlier ones that I loved so much as a kid brought back so many great memories. I just uh, it was, I had so much fun watching this episode. It was great. Yeah, look, I, I, I still watch it regularly. Do you? Okay, cool. That's good. Yeah. I think there were certain seasons in, in the later uh, later stages that I'm kind of like, eh, look, it's just still as good as it was. I think there is general consensus that there are some seasons that are stronger than others and some that are weaker than others, absolutely. Don't, don't Matt and Trey want the show to end if they won't let them? <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that would be the case. I mean, I don't think Parker and Stone need to work anymore. I mean, Oh, no, sure. they don't. I swear they got like, I think they're worth like $600 million each or something. Yeah, between South Park royalties, between Book of Mormon and everything else that they've sort of got their yeah. name on, yeah, they could 
they could probably go, you know, to quote Hans Gruber from Die Hard, they could probably just go sit on a beach and earn 20%. But, you know, they're still doing it and they're still working as hard on it, it seems. Yeah. Of course, they got a writer's room, but it, it feels like the Parker and Stone, and particularly the Parker, I'd say, fingerprints are still all over it. It feels like Parker has more than to do with it than Stone, doesn't it? I mean, Stone, obviously they're a team, but it feels like Parker is the ringleader of the whole operation. Like yeah. He's the... He's in. He's overseeing everything. Everything goes through Parker in the final stages. If that yeah, yeah. I, I, I that's what it seems like to me, case. anyway. Yeah, I, that's the way it appears. If it is different, we'll we'll do a little more research and we'll give Mister Stone his props. You look. I I I still watch it when the specials when you know the special editions come out or or when a new season begins. I'm like, hmm, yeah, I'll be I'll be into this and see what happens. But I I've, I've been satisfied more than I've been let down. I would say yep. over the last few years. So yeah, look, I'm I'm. Happy to talk about South Park in any way, shape, or form. So uh, I can see the twinkle in your eye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I got I got my Kyle hat on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so at the time when this first aired, critics did not like this show at all, did they? They thought this was a terrible episode. They thought it was mm. too crude. wasn't going to get anywhere. And then all of a sudden, people watched it and went, hey, reviewers, you don't know what you're talking about. We fucking love this. <laughs> I think you had a few that realised, okay, yeah, they saw they were on its wavelength. They saw what the show wanted to be or what it was trying to get across or the, you know, the sense of humour that it had and appreciated that. You know, and sort of maybe saw past what could be viewed as the roughness of it. And, yeah, but of course, I think there were some reviewers who just thought, Oh no, this is just immature, childish, juvenile, fart gags and kids swearing and that could be viewed as a bit cheap, as a bit obvious. Was it a case at the time, because I was too young, but was it a case at the time that people dismissed it because of the crude humour, but then once they learned more about Matt and Trey and who they were, they come across like quite genuinely nice guys as well. You know, mm. just, just down to earth, just dudes, basically. Yeah, Do you yeah, think I mean, there was that level, level of, oh, so they're not just immature idiots making a show, they're comedic geniuses who were making a show that was perfect for the time. I mean, this came out at the same time when Jerry Springer was at its peak. The wrestling industry was mm. booming with what they called the Attitude Era. You know, every, everything was just like in your face and crude, you know? it was a, Yeah, I, I think people who may have had an issue with South Park probably had an issue with what was seen as the extreme vibe of the time, vibe of pop culture at the time, you know, and sort of um, lumped everything that was kind of trashy or exploitative or, as I said, oh, lowest common denominator, all in the one bowl. And, uh, yeah, I think it took maybe a little while for the collective consciousness to kind of go, oh, no, wait a minute. Yeah, this is rude and crude and raunchy and whatever, but it's not dumb, you know. No, it's, it's, at all. It's, it's not stupid. And the, low, and the lowest common denominator stuff is actually working hand in hand with something that's a bit, uh, about, a bit you know, it's silly, but it's also smart. I compared the show South Park to when it first started to like the Bartmania era of the early 90s in our first episode. Thinking more about that, they essentially did the same thing for Comedy Central, what Simpsons did for Fox. Comedy Central were coming around, like this this new station coming along. I think I've read somewhere they were were only able to charge like $7,000 for a a commercial advertisement before South Park. And and by the end of South Park season one, they were getting like $80,000 or something. Oh, wow. So (laughs) so it's just like they they literally put Comedy Central on the map. Mm. And that's what it comes across as anyway. Yeah. Yeah, So between that and, you know, Chappelle's show later on in the early 2000s, yeah. But I think um, it's very much the house that South Park built, Comedy Central. Yeah, whenever I see the Comedy Central logo, yeah. I think of South Park. Yeah, and that doom, 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 yeah. doom, doom. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've forgotten. And I'd also forgotten how much I missed that um, 
that plane, that Braniff credit at the very yeah. end, yeah, with believe yeah. it. And I'm like, what is Braniff a production company? Is it is it a is it an airline company that's branching into entertainment? <laughs> I, 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 honestly. Forgive me, listeners and, and, and viewers, I, I still haven't looked that up. I could probably look up Braniff now and find out what they are. Let's, let's leave it. Let's let listeners write in and tell us. Tell us what Braniff <laughs> is, folks. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, guys, if you'd like to write into the show, it is southparkmailbag at gmail.com. That's southparkmailbag, one word, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. It doesn't have to be a question, just be a comment about the show, anything at all. We will get to reading them all out on future podcasts. So southparkmailbag at gmail.com. Please do write in. But for now, Mr. Davis, I think it's time we get into our favorite moment. And for me, my favorite moment was, no, Ken, this is my papa. <laughs> no, Ken, 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 Oh, God, there were uh, so many Cartman impersonations off, off, the, off the back of this episode. Because it's my just... Pie, it's, pie. Oh, my God. No, Ken, this is my papa. It's so funny. Oh. oh god man oh, just, I swear you can do the cut As long as it's done in Cartman voice It just sounds great But um, yeah that whole scene Just No kidding kidding Literally had me in tears I thought it was amazing oh, just, yeah. We're mum And pissed at <laughs> All that stuff was good um, I've got two favourite bits I think one of them was like Every time you see Chef driving around There's always funk playing in his car just the funk tune coming out of his radio I'm like they played up all the stereotypes of Chef didn't they oh absolutely look I'm looking forward to talking about Isaac Hayes as the voice of Chef and all that kind of stuff that's a really interesting story his relationship with Parker and Stone and how it sort of uh, evolved and devolved uh, as yeah. the show went along but uh, yeah look the casting of Isaac Hayes is just ah and um, <laughs> we even get a Chef song which is great oh yeah <laughs> that's, that's just marvellous but just you know, he's driving around just to this. Doom, doom. Well, it's not the Comedy Central theme, but you know, just this fantastic sort of bass riff happening, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Um, but also, when we, um, I think the first time we're introduced to Mr. Garrison as well. I've always liked Mr. Oh Garrison. My God, that was, I forgot that moment. That was my other favorite moment. You go to hell and you die. Die, my yeah. God, I, I quote that so much. <laughs> I quote that, but I, for some reason, I also find myself quoting. Well, I think you should ask Mr. Hat. <laughs> How good is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ask Mr. <laughs> well, I think you should ask Mr. Hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. He screams at him. I and it's like, funny. Where, where, no, you go to hell. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, my God. I think you should ask Mr. Hat. That's classic. Yeah. yeah. All these lines were just being repeated in schoolyards and indeed yes. workplaces. <laughs> um, yeah. For weeks slash months after this episode aired. So, yeah, they're my two favourite bits from um, from Cartman Gets an Anal Probe. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, that was incredible. All right. I think it's now time for some trivia. You hit me with your first question, Mr. Davis. Right. Oh, Mr. Dando. The first time that Stan calls uh, the bus driver, Mrs. Crabtree, a fat bitch, what does he act- What does he say he actually said? Is it bad itch? It is indeed bad itch. Bad itch, yes, <laughs> yes. I wonder how many school kids actually did that <laughs> after watching this. <laughs> And didn't get away with it. Never uh, get my away first, with it. My first question is, where were the cows planning on catching a train to? Oh, man. Think of Colorado. Denver? Denver, yes. Denver, Colorado. Okay, thank you for the tip. <laughs> I think I know maybe two cities in Colorado, Denver and Boulder. So it had to be one of those. Yeah. 
Well, you guessed correctly. What's your next question? <laughs> what is the dessert treat that uh, Cartman's mum prepares for her son? Ah, uh, chocolate chicken pot pie. Chicken. No, that's the that's the that's what he gets instead of what she's prepared for him. Oh, what she what she holding shit, in her hands yeah. when he? Sh- oh, ah, yeah. fuck! I can't remember. What was it? It is called powdered donut pancake surprise. That's right. Yes, oh, I heard that. Went, ooh, that sounds delicious. Anything that anything that ends with surprise has got to be good. True, true, and and anything that has donuts in it can't be all that bad. But I mean, I just got in. I just went into complete sugar shock <laughs> hearing those words. The best part about that too is when she goes away. Yes, I want some cheesy poofs. <laughs> yeah, my cheesy poofs. My next question is: What did the sign on the wall in the cafeteria say? I believe it might have been behind Chef. Not not the one I had the menu on. Oh. There was another one. Uh, I can see it, but I can't read it, and I've got my glasses on. I want to say like learning is awesome or something. It's school food is good food. Okay, <laughs> one of those really sort of inane school posters that they have. Yes, definitely. <laughs> How tall is the satellite dish that emerges from Cartman's anus? Oh, that would be 80 foot. 80 foot. That's a big dish. Big ass dish. And yeah. big ass. <laughs> My final question is, when the crop circles appear on the screen, and it's clearly Cartman's face, who does he mistake himself for? Yeah, that looks kind of like Tom Selleck. <laughs> <laughs> Well done, sir. You got it correct. I think we've got all the questions right. I think no, you got the the food the the post one wrong. But you got one more mm. question for me, have you? Or was that um, all? I could, oh, I've got one more here if you want. Yeah, hit me. What do we got? What is the name of the new alien, new on the job alien who turns the cows inside out by accident? Oh, is it Carl? It is Carl. That was an, a hilarious twist, wasn't it? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> my, yeah, bad. my my bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that is our trivia for Cutting Against an Anal Probe. We'll be right back after this short break with our full in-depth review of the episode. Yeah. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of Cartman Gets an Anal Probe was August 13th, 1997 in the US. Mm. Obviously, it would have aired 1998 in Australia, the UK, and various other countries. The episode was written by both Trey and Matt and directed by Trey. So the episode kicks off with, I'm going to throw it out there, probably the most iconic visual in the history of South Park, just the four kids at the bus stop. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, it's a... It's a um one that we see over and over and over again, but um, yeah, it's sort of... It's, it's like it's the Simpsons living room, basically. It is, yeah. Sets up, okay, got a group of four friends. They're of this age. They're on their way to school. Let's roll with it. Ike being the little brother. Well, first of all, I'm like, where are his parents? This little baby's just rocked up to the bus stop. <laughs> Anno- annoying everybody. And we get, right, up, right out of the gate, we get a discussion about dildos. Go home, you little dildo. Dude, don't call my brother a dildo. What's a dildo? I don't know. And I'll bet Carmen doesn't know either. I know what it means. Well, what? I'm not telling you. What's a dildo, Kenny? <laughs> yeah, that's what Carl's little brother is, all right. 
basically they're saying, yes, this is clearly not your average run-of-the-mill animated series. But, you know, you see Parker and Stone sort of uh, doing a little bit of arse covering because when, when it gets time to get really dirty, all the truly adult stuff is foisted onto Kenny, who, you know, he could be saying anything, but you know it's just going to be a bit sort of a bit grown up and a bit X-rated. But um, we're not hearing that. that. That's what I've got here. Listen to my notes. I've never realised how much of a genius character Kenny was. It allowed them mm. to say things on TV where they're actually saying because us, the viewers at home, knew exactly what he was saying. Yeah. But like, so he, well, he was like re, he was relaying things that you couldn't really say on TV. But in our minds, we're hearing what he's saying. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Like like his his verse of the South Park um, theme song is. Should we? Yeah, we should probably discuss what he says in that first intro. Do you remember? <laughs> cover your ears, you know. <laughs> cover your ears, some listeners. Was it? Like, I like girls with big fat titties. I like girls with deep vaginas. Deep or loose vaginas, something along those lines. Yeah, yeah something along those lines. Yeah, yeah. I remember. The oh. fir- I remember the first time I looked it up on the internet. Like, what does Kenny actually say? And find and going, oh my god, he does. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being like the cool kid at school because I knew it, and I like told everyone. Everyone was like, "Whoa, how'd you know that?" <laughs> everyone wants to be that person who's sort of like, you know, what he's actually saying there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were the cool kid at school that day if you knew what Kenny said in the episode the night before, you know? <laughs> Eight times out of ten, you're probably going to be not quite right about it. You know, you... <laughs> it's guesswork. But, I mean, we'll get to it the next one when we get to it. We'll get to it. But, um, we, yes. So, yes, it's right out of the gate. We get the, the dildo discussion and it's just like, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Nicola just walked in. She walked in just as I said, dildo discussion. <laughs> <laughs> But then Kyle hits Cartland with Ike and we get the very first Kick the Baby, which also becomes an iconic part of the series. Mm. Kick the Baby. Ready, Ike? Kick the Baby. Kick the Baby. Kick the Baby. Cartman is then tired and is due to the bogus nightmares he was having the night before and the kids all explain to him, no, they weren't nightmares. That really happened, mate. You were probed (laughs) by aliens. You know, they were alien visitors. Cartman just won't accept it. Everybody's got an 80-foot satellite dish coming out of his ass. Still won't accept it. No, exactly. Won't believe. <laughs> but I love that you know everyone in South Park, even the kids, are sort of like into aliens. To the point, you know, they're not even calling them aliens. Like, dude, visitors. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Also, look, points to South Park. I don't know if they reintroduced or sort of repopularized the term "dude," but I get the. F- I mean, "dude" had been around forever, and I think it was used a fair bit. But well, Ninja Turtle, Ninja Turtles used it a bit. Yeah, but I think in the late nineties, I think it had probably. F- not fallen out of favour, but these guys used it so much that I think it sort of got reintegrated into the general vocab. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. when the Ninja Turtles would say it, it was like, kitty, cowabunga, dude. Yeah. But this is just like, hey, dude, what are you doing? Dude, yeah. 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 Dude. Yeah. <laughs> then we get the man himself, Chef, with his very first appearance. Would you like to elaborate? I know how much you love Chef. As I said, it's just a stroke of genius getting Mr. Hot Buttered Soul, you know, Mr. Theme from Shaft, Duke of New York, A number one from the great John Carpenter film Escape from New York. Just getting Isaac Hayes, the cool, one of the coolest men in soul and R&B, <laughs> to be this school chef who's also, you know, just... Ah, children. The South, Park la- the South Park ladies' man who's um, coming up with inappropriate songs all the time and inappropriate advice. No, I just... Oh. There's so much to be said, and you know we'll talk about it more and more as uh, as uh, these episodes go along. But um, it was a much needed character for the show because he was that adult figure that the kids could look up to. I love that he's very much on the kids' side. He believes them when they say when they talk about aliens, and um, 
to the point where it's like, get out of school, children. You know, go, go, go rescue your little brother and all that stuff. But in the meantime, you know, he's sort of talking to them like he's not talking down to them. They sort of make mention of aliens and all that kind of stuff. You know, you probably got an anal probe. Once they put that hoobajube up your butt. You know? <laughs> <laughs> also, <laughs> also, yeah, just gold medal performance by Isaac Hayes just for his race, up your butt. <laughs> so, marvellous, marvellous stuff. <laughs> what I also liked here too was they asked him what's for lunch. He tells them Salisbury steak and just comments, kick ass. <laughs> it's like, no need for it, but I'm just like, I appreciate yeah, this. It's, it's, <laughs> it's not that enticing sounding a meal, in all honesty. No, I mean, just kick yeah, ass. Kick ass. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, didn't, I never got served steak at school though. I'm trying to remember what Salisbury steak is. I think it might be like a very sort of, not the best cut of the cow. But, okay. um, yeah. Still, steak. They ask him about the visitors and he explains what anal probes are and whatnot, like you said, the hoobajib up your butt. And he's wearing the Believe shirt. I've read here that they wanted to incorporate aliens into the series more often, but Trey and Matt feared that it would come across like a poor X-Files ripoff because X-Files yeah. was huge at the time still. So they strayed away from that, but they still included aliens in the background as just little hidden Easter eggs for the hardcore fans to notice. They did. The bus then arrives and Kyle kicks his brother, once again goes through the window and we get the fat bitch moment, which, like I said, I bet you a lot of people would have tried to, a uh, little kids would have tried to <laughs> copy this and would have gotten big, big trouble. Damn it, he's still there. Uh, don't worry about him. No, dude, if something happens to him, my parents are going to blame me. Sit down back there! Ah! Yeah, whatever, you fat bitch. What did you say? I said I have a bad itch. Oh! Mrs. Crabtree, she is a very intimidating lady. Oh, goodness, yeah. But between the bird and the hair and the sort of the... Austin Powers' teeth? yellow teeth, yeah, and just the, the general belligerent manner. Goodness me. I'm trying to remember if there were bus drivers that I didn't want to mess with when I was going to school. See, quite often I would use my bus fare to buy a cheese and bacon roll and try and sweet talk my way onto the bus for free, right? But there was always one <laughs> bus driver who was just like, nah. And no dice. So- no dice. <laughs> <laughs> this ain't over. <laughs> how about a, hey, Mr. Bus Driver, how about a free ride? <laughs> Sorry, cro- cross-promoting the four-finger discount show <laughs> We just reviewed The Old Man in the Key Which has the Charles Bronson, Missouri It's an amazing moment But um, but yeah, there was always that one bus driver Who just, it was just a hard ass Would never let you on So that, that's yeah. the closest I came to Mrs. Crabtree Never abusive, just like, nah, not getting on, buddy Yeah, there was always one you knew not to mess with Or not to sort of like give the gland hand to Or anything like that It's just like, alright, get on, sit down <laughs> Don't yeah. make too much noise. Some bus drivers were cool, but some were like, yeah, I get the feeling you'd rather be doing other stuff. You, you're thinking of driving this bus off a cliff. Pretty much. <laughs> but So they see the aliens abducting Ike from the, looking out the back window, and Kyle pleads with Miss Crouchy, please stop the bus. I thought this was hilarious, just the screaming. <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> yeah, just running to the back of the bus again. And we get another fat bitch moment. So now this is where we get... Stand farting, which has absolutely nothing to do with anything. But mm. when you're in third grade and a kid farts, it's the funniest thing in the world. Indeed. And of course, hey, you dude, top it off you with farted. A- <laughs> you farted. And then you top it off with carbon. <laughs> Somebody's baking brownies. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid, but so funny. <laughs> what am I going to do? My little brother's been abducted by aliens. You farted. <laughs> Somebody's baking brownies. And the aliens leave. We then get Officer Barb Brady. He's looking at the dead cow. 
and he's trying to explain that no cows turn themselves inside out all the yeah. time and he's just pretty much he's in denial you know he's just like no yeah. there's, there's something wrong with these cows and it, 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 is he in denial with the aliens because I, I think the farmer's trying to say there's aliens and he's just like no no aliens around here and he's certainly in denial about um i think it was cia black helicopters and saying no yeah. that, was a, that was a pigeon <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> Then we're at school and we are introduced to the one and only Mr. Garrison. He's given all these false facts about Christmas. Oh, Columbus. God, just jumbling up history, just, you know, mishmashing a whole bunch of different eras and people into one, yeah, misguided history lesson. Terrible, terrible teacher. We get a bit of uh, character development here as well with Kyle raging about his dad. Where's that finger mm. being, Kyle? Kyle. <laughs> and it's funny because, I mean, when you're, late, when you're later on, when you meet Gerard Brodlovsky, he doesn't seem like a bad dad at all. No, not really. I mean, his mum, his mum's a big fat bitch. Well, <laughs> true, true. <laughs> but, um, I watched that song this morning and tears. <laughs> oh God, yeah. Look, I'm, the, I'm very well. much looking, <laughs> <laughs> very much looking forward to talking about the musical aspect of um, look pretty much everything that Parker and Stone do because God, they love their musicals. But they're they're literally comedic geniuses when it comes to writing a song, though. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think I may have talked in the past about the first time I saw Bigger, Longer and Uncut, the South Park movie, which opens with, um, yeah, just one of the great musical numbers Such in Uncle... Such a fucking face, like a fucker. fucker. <laughs> My line on that is I, I was a, I literally laughed myself into a brain aneurysm. I was just... <laughs> oh, my God, this is such a terrific song, and it's just talking about fucking uncles. <laughs> <laughs> it's, such, it's so catchy, though. It's incredibly catchy and incredibly vulgar, and yeah, I just, I yeah, I nearly laughed all the breath out of my body the first time I saw it, and yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm probably going to have to you know break out the uh, break out the Blu-ray and watch it again tonight because yeah, such a such a good movie. But uh, back to Carmen gets an anal probe. <laughs> maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll review the movie somewhere down the track for the listeners at home. I believe we should. But yeah, so Mr. Garrison, he won't let Kyle leave and we get the moment you mentioned earlier. I think you should ask Mr. Hat. <laughs> Mr. Garrison, seriously, I have to go. Can I please be excused from class? I don't know, Kyle. Did you ask Mr. Hat? I don't want to ask Mr. Hat. I'm asking you. Oh, I think you should ask Mr. Hat. Mr. Hat, may I please be excused from class? Well, Kyle, no. You hear me? You go to hell. You go to hell and you die. Hmm, guess you'll have to take your seat, Kyle. Damn it! Ha-ha, <laughs> Mr. Hat yelled at you. It is so great. Because, <laughs> like, he sets Kyle up to think, no, you don't want to ask me, ask Mr. Hat. He's, he's, the, he's, the, he's the good cop in this situation. <laughs> and he just turns out to be an absolute monster. But I have said, you go to hell and you die. Not in a, not delib- like, not in a serious way. No, as like no. a joke. But I forgot how many quotes from this 22 minutes of television mm. remained with me, stayed with me to this day. Yeah, they just came up with a playbook of, uh, of terrific one-liners that, um, yeah, just really caught the public imagination. Cartman starts farting fire and sets the student on fire. Originally, he was going to start farting fire because some older kids gave him some hot tamales or something. Yeah. But they had to cut the episode down. Originally, 28 minutes. And it's like, because they forgot that you had to have commercial breaks or something. <laughs> so they had to cut and change things around. So, um, so yeah, so he's farting because of the anal probe. By the way, don't forget that one of his flaming farts actually lights up the poor old Pip. <laughs> oh, that's what I've got. Yeah, I've got lots of shooting on fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the cows are like I said, want to catch the train to Denver. They try the hypnosis, but it's not going to work. The cow, uh, the cop arrives and scares them all away. Cop, uh, mm-hmm. Officer Barbrady. I do like that on the cop car, 
Usually cop cars say to protect and serve. This one says mm-hmm. to patronise and annoy. Oh, I didn't notice that actually. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Very good. Uh, so we're at the cafeteria now. <laughs> Did you hear the two the conversation between, I think it was like a Jewish kid and someone else? I missed that. Where it's like, it's, it's panning across the room just before the kids start walking in. And he goes, yeah, it was bad, bad gas. He's like, oh man, seriously, killer. <laughs> just, <laughs> I missed that part. Just, oh. Absolutely no need for that. It's just, yeah, it was bad, bad gas. Oh man, seriously, killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh man Cartman is still farting fire and we see Wendy Testerberger so, even, like, so many iconic characters introduced in the first episode oh. eh? <laughs> now this is, this is a, has the bit where Cartman sort of going Stan bunch of kids Wendy Testerberger <laughs> yeah uh, it's just fun it's just fun to do a Cartman impersonation and apologies listeners we're going to be doing it a lot <laughs> sorry about that folks <laughs> we then uh, learn that Stan throws up whenever Wendy speaks to him which is another <laughs> recurring thing that appears throughout the series it is and I love how she's not totally disgusted by it it's just a very quick ew and that's all yep. that's all you really get um, yeah, so yeah. yeah good on Wendy for being a good sport about it she probably realises the the effect that she has on Stan but you know she's not Completely grossed out, as most of us would be. I mean, my six-month-old Holly vomits on me, and I freak out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she hands Stan the note, and it says that she wants to meet him at Stark's Pond later on. Dude, what does the note say? Holy crap! It says she wants to meet me at Stark's Pond after school. Whoa! Maybe you can kiss her or slip her the tongue. <laughs> what? How do you know she has a cat? <laughs> the Kenny character is very clever. I always thought it was just oh, one-dimensional. Yeah. No, it's genius. No, no, he's Absolutely a, genius. He's a smuggling device. They're trying to think of a way to get out of school. And this is where they go and talk to Chef. Here, let me sing you a little song. It might clear things up. I'm gonna make love to you, woman. Gonna lay you down by the fire. And caress your womanly body, make you moan and perspire. Gonna get yeah, those juices flowing. Yeah. We're making love, baby, yeah. love, baby, love, 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 baby. Yeah. Huh? Do you feel better? No. Oh, come on, children. What can be so bad? It's Salisbury Steak Day. I'm gonna make love to you, woman. Amazing. Mm. Oh yeah, I think the first time I heard that, I'm like. First of all, any chance to get to hear Isaac Hayes singing is wonderful. But yes, to have him singing like a yes, a basically a sex jam to these three to, to, to these great three greatest. kids <laughs> in the form of like advice on how to relate to your schoolyard crush. It's like, I'm gonna make love to your woman. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> so good. I think this is the first time that the probe comes out of Cartman's ass and. Mm. Chef calls it a symbiotic metamorphosis device or something along those lines. Cartman thinks that Chef's, you know, just joining in on the joke. He's still not buying into it at all. He doesn't think he's actually being probed. And Chef, being the awesome man that he is, calls a fire drill so the kids can escape. And yeah. Chef's super excited because he wants to escape as well because he thinks the aliens are going to come back. So he wants to have, <laughs> you know, first contact. He wants to meet the aliens. Yeah. The kids are all then happy to be out of school. Cartman's still in denial, but he's now under the alien control. So what's the, I love to sing her? Yeah, I think it's... I, I'm pretty sure it's an old like Looney Tunes cartoon or yeah for 1936 or something. No, 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 no. When did you say 1936? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, 1936. Not not Looney Tunes. Sorry. Um, I think it's a guy named Tex Avery. 
I'm pretty sure you're right there. First time Looney Tunes. Oh, let me have a okay, look. Then. I love to. I look it up. I love to sing it. Is a 1936 Warner Brothers Merry Melodies animated cartoon directed by Tex Avery. You're correct. Yes. Okay then. There we go. Yeah. So um, look, the I think the original cartoon is actually on YouTube. We'll throw it up on uh, online for um, listeners of this show, so you can uh, yeah get a bit a bit of a taste of um, I love to sing about the moon and the Juna and the Springer. <laughs> such, such a, a cheerful song. Such a cheerful little ditty. <laughs> yes, but uh, this is where Cartman's like, "What the hell was that? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what just happened? Yeah, yeah." And we get. I don't know whether this is the first son of a bitch, but we get it a few times this episode. Son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we come back and the aliens have arrived in their ship, oh, they, they, and they're just taunting Kyle. Throw the rock, and they shoot out and they kill Kenny. The very first. Oh my God! You kill Kenny, you bastards. That's. <laughs> for the first time were you aware that that was going to be a recurring gag or did you think they just killed off Kenny from the get go look I, I didn't really care about spoilers back in the day so I think I probably read a few pieces about South Park before it premiered in Australia mm-hmm. and pieces that made clear it's like yeah the death of Kenny is like a recurring gag taking the piss about you know oh, when a beloved character dies or something along those lines yeah Parkinson just taking the mickey out of that so yeah I, I was aware that's like oh he'll be back but um, yeah it was always fun them just sort of finding more and more imaginative and grotesque ways to kill their little friend. Yeah. Well, it wasn't actually the aliens that killed him because the alien gets run over by the cows and then mm. the cop car. And then to prove he's dead to Cartman, they pull him apart, which is pretty gross. And then he gets eaten by rats. <laughs> yes. Always gets eaten by rats, doesn't he? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and then I think uh, the, the kids all leave Kyle here. They're like, Cartman has to, he goes home in anger. And I think Stan says, mm. gotta, as Chef says, got to get going while the loving's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Cartman walks in home and as you discussed earlier I'm pissed off <laughs> he's so mean to his mum just his long suffering mum who's just waiting there with the, you know powdered donut uh, what was it um, powdered donut, powdered pancake, donut surprise. pancake surprise oh my god no wonder he's big boned but you know oh, she's, cl- she's clearly in denial as well about you know the size of her son she's one of those mothers who figures she's doing a good job of, um, of parenting as long as her son is you know Properly Itchy. fed. Hmm. Yeah. So, just I, like I said, I just love that. Yes, I want cheesy poofs. Poofs. <laughs> oh, cheesy poofs. They then go and meet Wendy at the pond and still throwing up all over. <laughs> or on the ground. I know it was on her that time. I think it was just all over the ground. Kyle wants to go look for his brother. And Wendy's interested by this because, I mean, talk about fucking uh, killing the moose, Kyle. Stan's there to go get some action. Yeah, let's <laughs> say block and stand. Jeez. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But, you know, she's intrigued. They cut to Cartman and my favourite moment with the no kitty. This is my pot pie. No kitty, this is my pot pie. 
Sleeping with mommy tonight. What? Just the fact that Mrs. Cartman is such a sex pot, and they yeah. just you know really steered into that in later episodes and and the movie and all that other stuff. But <laughs> it's just it's this very prim, proper seeming suburban um, upstanding member of the community who's just an absolute hornbag. It's hilarious. <laughs> Wendy suggests that they use Cartman as bait, or as she calls him, the fat kid, as bait. Hmm. And um, they just they agree it's a good idea, so they leave. Just, just the bird arrives to start swimming and bathing in the vomit. They don't waste anything here. It's like if yeah. there's a, a, a way to be crude, they're going to do it. <laughs> Kitty is still trying to get the pot pie. Not going to happen. Cartman farts and fire, sets Kitty on fire. So mum makes him go out and play with his friends after they arrive. He doesn't want to go, but go you know, she's like, no, get outside. Go out and play in the fun snow. Cut to the kids and they've tied him to a tree. It's just, man, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And they keep making him fart to get the aliens to come, which he does. The dish, giant dish comes out of his ass. 80 Cartman foot. Still doesn't, 80 foot dish comes out of his ass. Cartman still doesn't believe it. Chef's watching from his place. Stereotype. 20 minutes, Sanford and Son's going to be on. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the day, Wendy couldn't just stream and series link things and have it recorded. No, no, you, you had to. to. Yeah, you you were at the whim of the uh, of the TV stations. Like, you know, it's on now. You get ready now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like me at the beach at the end of the season. Stop having fun at the beach. I'm going to go home and watch Cartman's Mom's a Dirty Slut. <laughs> <laughs> the aliens eventually do arrive. And uh, so Mr. Garrison drives past. It's weird shit going on in this town. You can see that again, Mr. Garrison. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle then politely asks for Ike back. Uh, so a lot of episodes, if I remember correctly, end with Kyle sort of like Jerry, uh, like Jerry Springer's, and now for final thoughts. <laughs> yes, indeed. yeah. Again, sort of taking the piss out of that whole very special episode thing that yeah. sitcoms we've, used we've to do. We've learned a lesson today here, haven't we, people? Yeah, sitcoms would always do that. I mean, you know, family ties would generally be about oh, wow, these wacky hippie parents and their yuppie kids who don't understand each other. And usually yeah. be that kind of thing. And then every once in a while, Tom Hanks would come on as like a wacky Uncle Ned who's actually an alcoholic. And they've got to sort of, stop drinking, Uncle Ned, it's bad for you. You used to be my hero. And all this kind of stuff. But yeah, so for them to, for, so for Parker and Stone to close out a bunch of episodes, I don't know how, how long this went on. Maybe it was just the first season. But um, yeah, it always closed out. A lot of them closed out with Carl saying, but you know what? I learned something today. And you're like, okay, it's a very special episode of South Park. And every episode's a very special yeah, episode. Yeah. Well, they, they, the, their first two specials, the Jesus versus Frosty and Jesus versus Santa, both had the same thing. It's like, you know what, Stan? Uh, okay. I've learned a lot about Christmas. I've learned the meaning of Christmas. What is it? Presents. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he asked politely for his brother back. And they just walk away. No and dice. then we get, I, yeah, exactly, no dice. And then we get a lot of sensor beeps. Now, I remember mm. as a kid finding this scene hilarious. <laughs> Not so much funny now, but I just remember finding it so funny as a kid, just mm. all the different beeps, yeah. And the alien's just a bit taken aback by it. The t- uh, Ike comes out, he's up in the ship, they tell him to jump. <laughs> Don't hurry me. <laughs> aliens, they communicate with the cows and they explain the whole situation that, you know, you guys are actually the most intelligent species here. Killing the cow was Carl's fault. <laughs> My bad. They give him the <laughs> gift. We don't know what the gift does just yet. 
Ike then impersonates David Caruso's career, which didn't age well because he actually had a second second life, didn't he? With he CSI. did. One article that I would really like to write uh, would be like a an oral history of David Caruso's career because I mean he had a really interesting kind of ride because you know he was like this supporting actor for a while, generally played kind of like not weaklings but uh, you know not tough guys or anything like that. Then in the late late eighties, early nineties, he started like he had got a few miles on the meter and it's like yeah, he started playing guys who look like like they could hold their own in a bar fight. Landed NYPD Blue was the start. That just made him a superstar. Did it really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he and he quit the show after like a year or maybe a year and a half. All I can remember from NYPD Blue as a kid was the, the dude with the mustache. Sipowitz. Yeah, but Sipowitz yeah. does it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Caruso was the star. And, you know, he was on the cover of magazines and uh, all that kind of stuff. Because he was like it, the sex bomb on that show, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. And, I mean, you look at David Caruso and was like, but he's this sort of... <laughs> Not wimpy red-haired guy, but it's not like... It's a bit of an unlikely sex symbol. But clearly it went to his head. It's like, okay, I'm going to do movies. None of those movies did well. Oh, okay. Um, so this is the impersonation of David Caruso's career because he was the top of the world and then he just went... Crashed and burned. Yeah. And then it's like... Then he got um, CSI Miami. Ooh, and you? Yeah, and it was just right back on top. <laughs> learned his lesson, stayed with that show for like 10 years. Decade, and, now yeah. just, and now he's just vanished from the scene... And the thing of it is, almost no one that he's worked with has anything positive to say about David Caruso. Really? Yeah. The guy who made NYPD Blue, I think it's David Milch, said, yeah, look, this guy is pretty much a nightmare. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. uh, not many people have anything have anything nice to say about David Caruso, <laughs> which is a damn shame. I actually, I'd love him as an actor. I think he's fantastic. I mean, I think he's a really interesting kind of... Um, screen presence but um yeah apparently just a a nightmare on wheels to work with so uh yeah, yeah. so that's the that's the line about uh, david caruso's career just boom. <laughs> yes which in 1997 made a lot of sense made a lot of sense <laughs> yeah so i jumps out saves himself they fly away however they take cartman with them then the ladies come to see chef what's this thing you have to tell us about in the bedroom ladies in the bedroom <laughs> <laughs> kyle and ike then go home Come on, Ike. We can make it just in time for dinner. Thanks for your help, Wendy. Whatever, dude. Hey, I didn't throw up. Cool. Ew. Sorry. Hey, look. A french fry. Cool. And what is that? I think it's part of the cheesy poof. Hey, what's that? That's a um, uh, hamburger from, that's from like two days ago. Oh, hey, what about that? What the hell is that? We then get Stan and Kyle, and they're at the bus stop, so we're now down to two. They're a bit sad because they've lost all their friends. Cartman's gone away with aliens. Kenny's dead. We see what the device was. It's actually the thing that turns Cartman into, I love to sing her, but they do it on the cop, on Officer Barb Brady. Then Cartman falls from the sky with a bad case of pink eye from who, Mr. Davis? Scott Bayo. <laughs> yes. Got that pink eye from Chachi. And it ends with a classic son of a bitch. And that is the end of the very first episode of South Park, which from start to finish was just laugh, 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 laugh. I love this. Would this go down as one of the most iconic pilots of all time, do you think? Because um, I, I personally feel like this, this pilot changed how people viewed animated series. I wouldn't go so far as about the pilot, but I would certainly say the first season did. First season, yep. Okay, that's a fair point, yeah. yeah. But yes, but yeah, all in all, it could not have liked this anymore. This was just a massive thumbs up for me. What about you? 
Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Just um, look, great to revisit. It's sort of great to go back to the very beginning. Like I said, it's got the training wheels on, I think. But uh, yeah, look, there's so much in here that's um, yeah, that just works. That just you know, yeah. um, that just really works a treat and just gets everything off to a really really good start. No, very much enjoyed uh, revisiting Cartman gets an anal probe. All right, guys, it's now time for the going down to South Park mailbag. So this being the first episode, we didn't have any mailbag questions come through to the email, but we asked our patrons for some questions to send through that are episode-based. If you're unaware of who we are, we have the Four Figure Discount patron page where you can support the show and in return you get access to a bunch of exclusives, including getting this show a week early. So if you want early yeah. access to this podcast, as well as a bunch of other exclusive podcasts, which we will do South Park related, but there's a bunch of other Simpsons and Seifeld podcasts on there. You get four-figure discount early, talking Seifeld early, and everything else. We've got some movie reviews on there as well. It's going to be a $1 plus patron. Uh, Patreon.com slash four-figure discount. The link is in the description of this video. And also by doing that, you get access into our exclusive four-figure discount Facebook group where you get to banter with other patrons as well as guy myself on a daily basis on Facebook. So it's well worth your time. It's great. So patreon.com slash four-figure discount. That's enough advertising, Mr. Davis. It's time we get into the mailbag. So like I said, I posted in the Patreon group today. I asked for some questions. First one here comes from Brian D. McCoy. And Brian says, which of the four boys do you most identify with? Oh, the real McCoy. Okay, uh, Brian. Um, well, Dan, you go first, mate, because oh, I think you, you probably have a good answer for this one. I think I would relate the most to Kyle. Kyle seems the most grounded, the most... I mean, I'm not Jewish, obviously, but he seems like the most who... He seems the most caring of the four. Mm-hmm. He seems the most normal, if that makes any sense as well, of the four. I find Cartman is my favorite character to watch. Yeah. He's just... he's easily the funniest but I think if I'm going to see myself in any of the characters I think Kyle is the one who is sort of like if you put them all together I think he's all like the older brother of the group he's the one with the more level-headed one Kyle so I think I'll be the Kyle I certainly see where you're coming from yeah look I mean I think Cartman is definitely the fan favorite yes uh but I think you'd have to be very wary of someone who says yeah I identify with Cartman (laughs) (laughs) I think you can like him, but uh, if you see yourself in him, seek help. Yeah, look, I certainly see a bit of myself in Kyle, but I, yeah, I probably think, find myself relating more to Stan. I, I think certainly as the show goes on and the seasons progress, I, yeah, I like Kyle, but I, I sort of see myself more in Stan. For, I, I'm trying to figure out why that's actually the case. If we're being honest, I'm, I've, I've got a few more miles on the meter than you do, Dan, and I'll probably see, see myself more as Randy Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I think Kyle's also the more, the more conservative of the four as well. I was rewatching some episode not long ago. I've forgotten why I wanted to watch it. Yeah, uh, but it was the one where they went to the um the water park. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, it was the P episode. You know, everyone it, who goes, it's Butters, Cup, and Stan, and uh, and Kyle, and may and maybe Timmy as well, or Jimmy, and all of them copter. You know taking a pee in a public pool or in the shower or anything like that. And Carl's the one who's like, no, that's gross. <laughs> it's yeah. like, mm, pretty sure that everybody's but, done yeah, that. Well, every- see, I pee in the shower. <laughs> who do- yeah, of course you do. But you don't, you don't just like let loose. You go straight down the drain, but you pee in the shower. We all pee in the shower, right? You all pee in the shower. And, you know, in the ocean, certainly. Uh, I, I don't know if I'd do it in a public pool, but it's been a while since I've been in a public pool. Yeah, I don't I don't go to <laughs> don't public pools at all because I'm, I'm in fear of being swimming through urine. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, thank you for the question, Brian. That so you're you Stan, I'm Kyle. Yes. So this next question here comes from Andrew Palicati. And Andrew says, Do you think South Park changed the face of adult oriented on our animation with saucier humor, 
more mature themes, bleeped out swear words, at times graphic violence, and Matt and Trey ripping into anyone they wanted to. Early South Park makes The Simpsons mm. seem tame by comparison. What are your thoughts, Mr. Davis? Well, yeah, it's a good question from uh, Andrew Year of the Cat Pelicati. Dano, you said, did, you know, did this first episode sort of, um, yeah, could it be regarded as a bit of a game changer? Yeah, I would say, I would think so. I mean, look, there were certainly precedents before this of grown-up animation. You know, there was a guy named Ralph Bakshi who made um, a lot of animated movies in the 70s and 80s. He did an animated version of Lord of the Rings back in, I think, maybe really? 78 or 79. Uh, but he also did stuff like um, Fritz the Cat and Heavy Traffic. Fritz the Cat's got one of the great taglines. It's X-rated and animated. <laughs> That's great, yeah. As far as stuff that was not so raunchy that kids couldn't watch, or maybe just sort of naughty enough for kids, yeah, I get the feeling South Park was probably a bit of a trendsetter in that regard. I mean, this predates Family Guy, you know, predates Archer, all that kind of stuff. So, so do, does Adult Swim exist if South Park didn't? We, we did have Beavis mm. and Butthead and Ren and Stimpy, things like that, but I think oh, this pushed it to right. a new level. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting all these things, yeah. But, uh, but, the, but this definitely pushed it to a new level, though, I think. I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, when did Beavis and Butthead premiere? Beavis and Butthead uh, sort like of... 93, 94, maybe? Yeah, like, early yeah. 90s. But even that's not a full show. That's just kind of... Oh, I suppose it was. That doesn't have discussion about dildos, though. No, and it's a bit of a cult hit more than yeah. anything else. It's a, it's a stoner comedy, not a crude comedy. Yeah, likewise with Ren and Stimpy. I mean, that's very much kind of a, um, yeah, again, a bit of a cult sensation that on the verge of breaking through or sort of people might know about it or they might know Happy Happy Joy Joy or, oh, you idiot and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't think it was on the cover of mainstream magazines like, say, South Park was. I think those shows walked so South Park could run. It's funny, a lot of those earlier season, um, uh, early 90s, sorry, animated series like Ren and Stimpy, even Rocco's Modern Life, you watch it mm. now and you think, how the fuck did this pass as kids' television in the early oh, 90s? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, the 90s was a weird time, man. Yeah. A lot of weird art sort of uh, made it through the mainstream. Although a lot of mainstream art was weird. Yeah. By the way, I looked it up. Beavis and Butthead ran from 93 to 97. Okay, then. All right. So yeah. they basically passed the baton on to, um, on to Stan, South Kyle, um, yeah, Cartman and Kenny. So, so they turned the oven on and South Park cooked it. <laughs> they preheated. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty, one more question here and we'll wrap up the mailbag for the very first episode of Going Down to South Park. Alright, this one comes from Mark Boston Burgess. He says, if you met some aliens, what would you say to them? It's an interesting one because I just don't think you'd know. I think it's one of those things you just have to blurt something out in the moment, right? But would you, would you if you had the opportunity to go on an alien spaceship right now, an alien saucer flies to your front yard and says, we're going to go back home and take you for a ride, would you go? Yes, I would give the lovely. I'd send the lovely Louise a text back whenever. <laughs> don't wait up! Don't wait up! Um, and yeah, then I'd then I'd certainly jump in and uh, I'd take the ride. I'd have to. You'd have to. Yeah, you definitely got to. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you for your questions. Hope you enjoyed our review of Cartman Gets and Anal Probe. It was in a. Hilarious episode to watch and just as much fun to review. Next week or next episode, we're going to be reviewing Weight Gain 4000. Now, as I said at the start, <laughs> we're going to be reviewing this episode in two weeks' time. So every second week, you're going to get an episode of uh, Going Down to South Park. And every week in between, you're going to get an episode of Talking Seinfeld. So if you love Seinfeld, make sure you check out that podcast as well. And if you're a fan of The Simpsons, check out Four Figure Discount uh, for much more hilarity. Enough Guy and Davis in your ears each and every week. Can't wait to check out Weight Game 4000 for the first time in a long, long time. I also still own that one on VHS. That was another one of those 
videos I watched and watched and watched every single day. Don't forget to rate and review us in the iTunes store. Hit that subscribe button on both YouTube and on whatever podcast app you're uh, listening to us with at the moment. But yes, iTunes, please give us five stars. Leave some kind words. The more reviews that come through, the more chance people are going to find this show. So do that, please. That is your job for the week, for the, uh, for the next two weeks, listeners. Mr. Davis, this has been a great ride. But for now, any final words for our amazing listeners? We're going to podcast for you, listeners.